Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for some sports talk. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Craig Niels. How the heck are you, Craig? Doing very well, thank you. All right, uh, great to have you on the pod. Uh, we are going to be doing one of the my favorite pods of the year, or at least the first half of one of our favorite pods of the year, because uh, we find that uh, we were discussing this off mic, and uh, we find that we tend to go a little bit long on this one, so we're going to split this pod into two. Uh, this is our annual NFL win totals podcast. We're going to do uh, one conference this week and then the next conference uh, next week. So you have to wait till uh, next week to find out uh, how we feel about the AFC. But this week we are going to do the NFC teams. And we're going to go in alphabetical order, I think. Um, so... Do you want to go by divisions? Yeah, we can go by divisions too if you want. So... Uh, it in my head because you don't want to have mm-hmm. too many over. All right, so why don't we start with the NFC East and everybody's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. And I should say, as an added bonus this year, I am going to personally place a bet. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is this year, and I'm not going to give you a top five. As an added bonus this year, I am going to place an over-under wager on every single team in the National Football League this year. Cool. So... Okay. Yeah, so that's that's going to happen. I'm going to be doing that live on the pod here. Well, live on the pod for some of them because some of them I haven't quite figured out. So I'm going to hope that we can uh, we can figure something out together. But uh, as far as the Dallas Cowboys go, I have a answer uh, for you right now. The Dallas Cowboys over under win total this year is nine and a half. And actually, even before we get to Dallas, I should mention we have the added wrinkle of the 17 game season this year, Craig. So yes. Uh, the way that we've been thinking about these particular bets from the perspective of, okay, if it's a nine and a half, as an example, can this team go 10 and six? Now, this team can lose seven times and you can still get paid. Absolutely. So the way that we've been thinking about these bets, these exact types of bets, has to change a little bit. This also goes for anyone who's betting on uh, over-under totals for yardage or things along those lines. Absolutely. Touch- so first up, NFC East, Dallas Cowboys, Hard Knocks special. Have you watched any Hard Knocks this year? I have not. Yeah, I mean, they're a little bit boring. Uh, anyway, Dallas Cowboys, 9.5, plus 110 for the over, minus 140 for the under. To me, this is one of the easiest unders I saw on the board. I don't understand this whatsoever. I think this is a classic. Dallas is a public team. In, in fact, it might be the most public team. It's certainly got a claim for the most public team. Um, so they have it at nine and a half. I don't like Mike McCarthy's back coach in this team. Uh, Dak Prescott, I know is back, but is he 100% healthy based on what I'm reading? Probably not. Uh, Zeke Elliott looks like he's on the decline. I don't like the defense. I think there's better. I, I, a lot of the nine and a half to me is coming from the, the weakness of the division. Cause the, the NFC East had a sub 500 playoff team hosting games last year, but, uh, I'm I'm Dallas is a lock under for me. This this is this is terrible to me. Absolutely terrible. What do you what do you think, Craig? Here's my thought process in this division. Mm-hmm. Is uh, all four teams have some strengths and some weaknesses? Yeah, that's fair. The the the, the strengths and weaknesses vary. But uh, if I were to say, hey, one of the following four quarterbacks is going to be hosting a playoff game, Dak Prescott. Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm. I kind of want my money to be on Dak Prescott. Now, this being said, 
you could still have the Cowboys go nine and eight and win the division and you win this bet. That is entirely possible. And I think that's the sort of thing we're looking at here. So if you're betting on every single one, for me, this is a stay away just because I think that they might be the best team in this division. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win 10 football games. Even if I was just doing my annual top five, I think this Dallas under nine and a half would probably be one of my annual top five. I don't, I don't. The defense, like, is there going to be a dead ba- dead cat bounce situation with the defense? It's not going to be worse than last year's defense. I just don't think that's physically possible. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see how that can be worse. Um, they should be healthier on offense, one would think. They've got three good receivers. They've got a good quarterback. I'm a little bit concerned about various parts of the offensive line. Uh, the non well, everyone's got injury problems on this offense. Like, you know, if, if, if the five guys that I'm looking at on the Our Lads Dallas Cowboys page are all healthy, this is going to be a pretty good offensive line. But I think that is uh, perhaps a, uh, a bridge too far as far as hope, as far as thinking that's going to be the case. So I think the offense will wind up being good, but it'll be a situation where McCarthy gets in the way of the offense being as good as it could be. So I think that if I had to choose one, I'm probably going with yours, the under. Okay. But I still okay. think that they're the team that I would bet on to win the division, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, you, you bring up a good point now with the again with the seventeen game schedule. We got to keep this under wraps. That a nine and seven record might uh, might be, or sorry, nine, nine and nine and eight record. Jesus, oh. um, well, got it wrong on the first try. Uh, nine and eight record might be enough to win this division. I, I still like a different team to win this division, and I kind of think that uh, I'll, I'll be on a lot of their, and I already am on a lot of their futures and whatnot. But um, that's it. But uh, Dallas Cowboys right now, both of us are saying under on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, next up, the New York Giants. Uh, seven and a half is their win total. Minus 105 my, uh, for the over. Minus 125 for the under. I am going, my official recommendation for the New York Giants, and I am placing the bet on the under seven and a half. I, I, for some reason, there's a lot of hype on this New York Giants team. Um, I know they're getting Saquon Barkley back. And at this point, has at the, at this point in our lives, Craig, should we be worried or about or like I was thinking about this earlier? Should we is is the the running back knee injury to a young man something that we shouldn't be as uh, worried about uh, them coming back from in in twenty twenty one? Is like especially for like like specifically for fantasy purposes and stuff like that. Like like normally you know like ten ten years ago or fifteen years ago, uh, Saquon Barkley would have been like, don't draft this guy in in fantasy leagues and you know don't take him. But I mean he's he's young, he's twenty four. If medical science progressed to the point where this yeah. is not something you have to stress about, I would say it is not something you have to worry about as much as you did. But I think there are still negative outcomes here, just mm-hmm. less like before. I, I agree. Like there's a there's a good chance Saquon Barkley's going to be fine, but he might not be. Is what I would say. Yeah, I I, I think he'll be fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hat in the thing of. I hope he'll be fine because he's fun to watch. That mm-hmm. said, I look at this offensive line and just from a fantasy football perspective, I just want nothing to do with like the cost you have to give up to acquire this player is not nearly worth the uh, what I expect production wise from this player. Yeah, uh, I'm on the under with the, the the New York Giants. I don't I don't understand this this weird mini hype that they're getting. I know Peter Schrager was talking him up on the Bill Simmons podcast today. I I don't get that whatsoever. 
Sorry, what was that? What 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 about the Giants is good? What do you look at this team and say, oh yeah, this is going to be a really good part of this team? Well, some people are big on the secondary. They think they'll be able to shut guys down. But I I and I get some. Corey Jackson and Tennessee was terrible against the pass last year. That's true. And I don't get the, like some people think that the jury is still out on Daniel Jones. And I am He's here back. to tell you the verdict is in. He's bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a very good NFL quarterback. Like, no. that, like we've, we've got the results back. Yeah, his 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 best play last year was an 80-yard rushing scramble that should have been a 90-yard touchdown, but he tripped over his own two feet and did not score on said play. That's right. That like, was the best. <laughs> and that was that was his best play last year. Like, be bizarre to me is this team needs guys all over the field. Mm-hmm. It, like, and Kadarius Tony like played at Florida. He's a fun gadget player. But this just this team does not strike me as having the offensive intelligence to use a player like this properly. And they drafted a guy who's currently the fifth wide receiver on their depth chart in the mm-hmm. first round. Holes all over the place. I understand you shouldn't draft for need, and maybe they think he's the best player on the board, and that's fine. But like, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that this football team needed that they didn't go get. Also, the Andrew Thomas thing is aging is aging really really poorly. Yes, there, there were four left tackles in this draft in the draft in 2020 that, that were first round top, you know, 12-ish caliber players. They went fourth overall. They took the first one off the board and through one year of play, they have unquestionably and specifically the worst of those four guys. In fact, the other three guys, I guess the jury might still be out on Jedrick Wills, although he looks good, but Makai Becton and Tristan Wirfs look like super duper stars. So... That is a draft swing and miss. Like, hey, maybe Thomas is okay, but as of right now, it looks like they could have could have had two different guys who were much be- who were better tackles than him, and they didn't do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. A lot of people, I think, I think they look at, at the offense, and and you know they've got some names, right? Like like Saquon Barkley's there, and people think they'll be there. They 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 brought in my boy Kenny Galladay, former Detroit Lion, and the, I mean the receiving court looks good. <laughs> Yeah, they have, they've got Slate and they got Sterling yep. Shepard, they got John Ross. Yep. It's fine. They brought in Kyle Rudolph to, so now that gives yeah. it him and Ingram. So that's a couple of nice tight ends on either end and whatnot. You know, like. But you've got a not great quarterback and a not great offensive line. Exactly. So yeah. Just get the guys in the world you want, but I still like. Is this a top ten offense by DVO at the end of the season? No, I, no, I would I, I would guess no. How that's possible, and I don't think this defense is good enough for this team to be decent. Unless the offense is better than I think it's going to be. So, yeah, this is an under for me. All right. Yeah, under from both of us on the New York football Giants. Uh, Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are currently going off at six. No, sorry, six and a half. Minus 140 for the over, plus 110 for the under. And I tell you, I am taking that plus 110 on the six and a half. I love that plus 110 bet. I think that's good. I don't under like. You know, and some of it is from fantasy analysts. Fantasy analysts saying, oh, I love Jalen Hurts this year. Like, yeah, okay, if you want his rushing yards, whatever. Here, like, do we like him as, you know, a guy who is going to play well and win football games? I don't know. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I've got some significant questions. I, the offensive line looks good. The offensive yes. line looks good. Uh, Jalen Rager did not have a very good first season in the NFL. Well, the jury's out on Devontae Smith. He hasn't seen him play in the NHL, in the NFL yet. Uh great college career 
Nice oh, player. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be so good, Devontae Smith. I know, like uh, people, have, like people got their worries about him because he's 170 pounds, six foot. But I, I just think that guy works too hard to not be good at football. Yeah, well, I, but, I think that. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, that being said, there isn't a lot to like on this offense other than him. Mm-hmm. Like like Zach Ertz looks like his his, his best days are behind him. Sadly, he looks like he wants to retire. Yeah. Um, so the line, the line could be okay, but I, I don't trust the quarterback to get the ball to, uh, to guys like Smith. I, I certainly don't trust Jalen Rager or Greg Ward Jr. to be, uh, to be above average NHL, uh, NFL, I keep saying NHL, uh, NFL, uh, NFL receivers. And I don't think the defense looks very good. I've got some concerns there too. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm okay taking the under on Philadelphia for sure. Yeah. I love it. Get, getting that plus 110 on the under. Mm, that is Good, good stuff. I think I like we're we're getting some great value on the uh, on the Philly under right now. Another thing that they did that I don't like, Craig. I don't like when teams do this when they draft a or not draft, sorry, but when they they bring in the backup quarterback that just has a completely inverse skill set from your starting quarterback. So and, you're saying statuesque Joe Flacco yeah. is not a good backup? <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I just I don't get. I, I mean. Yeah. I, I get the I get the I get the, the like there's the old school thought processes of you know Flacco's a veteran bring him in calm down the youngster he'll be able to you know learn at the feet of a if Flacco who did win a Super Bowl because he got hot for a month basically but yeah I, I don't like when they when, like if if you know knock on wood I don't want anything to happen but like if Jalen hurt, hurts where do you uh, get hurt or if he just were to flat out not be good and then they got to go to Joe Flacco and it's it just it I don't know I don't like when they when uh, I don't like when teams do stuff like that I, but if they get to a season a point in the season where they're going to voluntarily pull hurts from the lineup and put in Flacco because hurts has played so poorly um, that is a sign of complete utter absolute disaster for the Philadelphia Eagles this season. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying they won't, but if that happens, that is a disastrous outcome. Absolutely disastrous. All right. uh, Last in the NFC East, the Washington football team. Let me ask you, do you think they'll actually give a nickname to Washington or do you think that they're going to end up sticking with football team? I think so too. Yeah, I'm kind of upset about it because I was I was in on that like red tails thing that they had going on, but I think when we're all said and done, they're just going to stick with football team. Uh, speaking of which, the Washington football team eight and a half minus one twenty for the over, minus one ten for the under. I am going way over on this. I think this is going to be a very good football team. Um, <laughs> the only thing that's making me nervous, I placed this bet a long time ago, but uh, the only thing that's making me nervous these days is the uh, Ron Rivera kind of putting his foot down on the team, being like, hey guys, uh, I was, you know, fighting cancer last year, so can we please all get vaccinated? And <laughs> it seems like some of the team has still been like, I don't know, we'll see there, uh, Ron. <laughs> but uh, eh. uh, they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to. I guess, I don't know, he'll probably do his usual Ryan Fitzpatrick thing where he'll, where he'll be really good for six games and really terrible for six games. And what he does with the other five or six games is probably going to determine their season. Um, I just think that this defense is one of the top units in the league. I think they're going to crush people. Front, front seven is going to be yeah, just absolutely dominant. Well, yeah, I shouldn't cha- say the front seven. Because it's the front four. Yeah. Chase Young, 
Ron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Like, that is the stuff that nightmares are made of if you are an offensive coordinator. Chase because Young in his second year, Craig, 7-1 to one to win the sack title yep. this year. That's a good bet. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bet all, for Matt All of these guys can wreck a play, wreck a game. Like, it's it's it's, it's tough stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that... Uh, I, I think that if you if you think this is the team to win the NFC East, I, I totally understand why you mm-hmm. think that. Plus, like Fitzpatrick, and, and maybe Fitzpatrick isn't the right guy for this, but he doesn't need to be the guy that's like winning them every game, does he? No. Because he could just, like, you know, they, they, they should have a decent running game. Like they, they, there are some questions along the offensive line, but they have some good line men. Um, and they've got some good skill position guys. I, I think like obviously Terry McLaurin is a, uh, is a good-looking player. They gave Curtis Samuel some money, come over from Carolina. That looks like a, uh, it could be pretty decent. Adam Humphreys comes over from Tennessee. Um, they've got some, some some receivers with varying skill sets on this roster. I think it could be a, I think it could be a decent team. But Fitzpatrick's just got to not make mistakes, and sometimes that's been a problem for him over the years. We'll see if he can do it now. Yeah, he's got what a weird career Ryan Fitzpatrick has. Like just a a a pretty equal balance of. Terrible gunslinger decisions, but also some really lucky, awesome plays, much like that Raiders game on the Thursday night, <laughs> or I think it was a Saturday game last year. Just yep. weird stuff. Um, I mean, I t- like one of the things that disappointed me about this team was uh, back in February um, when they were, I think, like 100 to 1 or 80 to 1 or something to win the Super Bowl. I, pl- I placed it six months ago thinking, hey, they're going to be one of the teams that's going to improve at quarterback. And if they're a quarterback, by the time the season starts, they're going to be like, I don't know, 12 to 1 or something to win the Super Bowl. And they did add a quarterback. But unfortunately for me in my 80 to 1 bet, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick because I don't think he moves the needle as far as uh, Super Bowl contention. I'll guarantee you this. Mm. They will have significantly better quarterback play than they did a year ago. Significantly. I'm just surprised if they were going to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm just surprised they didn't take a shot with uh, Tyler Heineke, who quite frankly made some good throws in the playoff game. And while we're on the subject of that playoff game, they were really the only team that really made that the Bucks the, sweat a little bit, right? Sweat they had. They yeah. played four games, and that was the biggest sweat they had. I guess other than, you know, they, Green Bay had that fourth down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that leave it a touchdown. So I guess that game was sort of close if the Packers had, you know, made proper decisions. Um, but no, yeah, Green Bay, uh, they, they, the Washington looked really good. Like they had, they had the best game against that Tampa Bay offense, certainly many of any of the defenses. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with it being Fitzpatrick from the perspective that there is a little bit of upside with him. Like if you get good Ryan Fitzpatrick for a while, you're going to be doing a, doing really well for yourself. Um, so I understand why they went with him, but if it goes badly and Taylor Heineke's the, the, the quarterback for a bit, that that's not a disaster for me. They yeah. might be okay. Yeah. Official but pick they, from they, Matt they, Pierce. They oh, sorry, of, go ahead. They had a lot of horrible Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen snaps, though, last year. Yes. Horrible. And those and guys are gonna, gone now, so. Yeah, Allen's still in the roster. He's a third quarterback. Hopefully that's the end of it, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, official pick from Matt Pierce. One of the lock overs for me was the Washington uh, eight and a half. What do you, what, what say, what say you just for. Uh... I like this over, too. All right, so we agree across the board on the NFC East. So let's head to the NFC West, 
And starting with the Arizona Cardinals. This is one of the ones, there were four or five teams that I was undecided on before, and we're going to decide right here on this pod what what you think I should do. The Arizona Cardinals are currently going off at 8.5. The over is plus 100, and the under is minus 130. I'll tell you right now, I my my head and probably my heart a little bit lean to the Arizona Cardinals under, um, just because I don't like Cliff Kingsbury, and I don't want to hitch my wagon to Cliff Kingsbury. That said, Kyler Murray was uh, damn sight impressive last year. Um, am I shorting this team who did bring in some some other names? Second year with DeAndre Hopkins in the system. Hopkins is actually going to get like a full you know season practicing and whatnot because they didn't get to do any of that last year because it was the COVID. I mean, they add J.J. Watt. And you know, they're going to try to milk the last ounce of football out of J.J. Watt. The offensive or defensive line should be a little bit better. Um, I don't know. What say you on the Arizona Cardinals eight and a half? Uh, I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't like the coaching. I have some concerns about the defense. I uh, I, I like some of their offseason additions. Like the J.J. Watt thing is, is all right, great, whatever. I love the Rodney Hudson thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a question. Uh, I just don't trust this coaching staff, and I just don't like. I don't understand what the plan is here for this for the for this front office and this team. So you go out and you know, use a second round pick on Rondale Moore when you can really use some help on defense. Uh, but you've already signed A.J. Green. You have DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk on the roster. You used a second-round pick on Andy Isabella two years ago. And I, I just I understand their plan is, oh, yeah, let's just have a bunch of really good receivers and see what happens. But you can only play so many of them at a time. So I don't understand that. I don't understand some of the spots on the offensive line from the non-Rodney Hudson division. Um, I just I, – I don't get a lot of what's going on here. Um, I, I think that there'll be – you know, I, I like Kyler. I think Kyler's played well, but I don't. I'm not sure about the playbook. I'm not sure about the decision making. I'm not sure about the defense. There's too many things that I'm not sure about. And I think this team finishes fourth in the AFC, on uh, the NFC West, rather. And here's a question I have, and I haven't looked this up. But I was just thinking about it. What are the odds of Cliff Kingsbury being the first coach fired? Because if if things don't go well for the, for them this year, Cliff Kingsbury's fired, and I think that Steve Kime is going to get fired too. That's a great question. I'm going to see if I can find the first coach fired odds. First coach fired is that's not an unreasonable bet because mm-hmm. again, they go well. I'm going to look up their schedule while you're looking that up, but I just like this is this is a this is in uh, a season where they have to do well. Cliff Kingsbury not, is 12 to 1 to be the first coach fired right now. That's not a bad bet, is it? That's let's not either. Mike McCarthy has the best odds at 7 to 1. He, like I think that's nuts because Jerry doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. Matt Nagy at nine to one, I also kind of like too. Yeah, Matt Nagy's not a bad one. Um, Cardinals open the season with uh, at Tennessee, home to Minnesota, at Jacksonville. Oh, I'm talking myself out of this. I read the schedule. Uh, <laughs> at Minnesota, at Jacksonville, at the Rams, home to the 49ers, at the Browns, against the Texans, and against the Packers. So the soft schedule on paper explains where the eight and a half is coming from, as we're saying yeah. out loud. I, man, there. I I still think I'm going to go with the under. I still think I'm going to go with the under well, on I'm the eight and a half. The under. I just don't know if I'm as convinced the Cliff Kingsbury thing is going to happen because mm-hmm. a team that starts out four and two and all of a sudden they fin- they finish you know uh, seven and ten. Like I think that 
uh, that outcome is absolutely available. So if we're thinking first coach fired, I'm thinking Matt Nagy at nine to one is probably the best odds that we're getting. Cause Mike McCarthy is not going to get fired. Cause Jerry never fires guys mid season. Are, are the Broncos going to fire Vic Fangio? Cause he's eight to one. No, I there's uh, here's the thing. I think Fangio makes it through the season on this aspect. Uh, if the quarterback play is bad, that's not on him. Yeah. And you know, John Gruden at 10 to one is ludicrous too. Cause he's still got like an eight year contract or whatever. So, dollars but i just i just don't see how like if the defense is playing well which i certainly will be i don't see how you get rid of uh that's just um so the official recommendation from you and i on the arizona cardinals is the under eight and a half games next up the los angeles rams 10 games over minus 140 under plus 110 uh, they made a couple of moves, um, including the most significant move of the offseason, well, in my mind anyway, um, trading for Detroit Lions' Matthew Stafford. They uh, get Jared Goff out of town. They had to give it away Jared Goff plus some assets. And they bring in Matthew Stafford. They traded for Sony Michelle today. They made a couple of, they signed a couple of receivers. They, they are, they have pushed all of the chips all in for this year and next year. Basically, they got a two year window here with this Rams roster before the salary cap starts eating them up. Although the salary cap sometimes in the NFL is just a suggestion, but uh, they'll probably have to make some moves uh, in the off season, but they got a nice two year window here to try to win a title. Um, I am going to say that I'll probably be watching more Los Angeles Rams games than the uh, Detroit Lions this year as the Lions go into a tank. I will be rooting for my boy Matt Stafford to try to pull it off. Ten wins. Um, I think that's right on the nose because they're going to be around 10, 10 and 7, 11 and 6. God, these, yeah, these, these. Ugh, I hate that we have this extra game because these, these records, they sound so Blah. We, they, they, yeah. they sound so blah, you know, like it's just like 10 and 7. What does that even mean? Are you a good team? You're a bad team? I don't know. Um, you got double-digit wins, yet you lost seven games? I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I've i been having trouble with this one because I can't get I, – I, I think my heart is overriding my head on this one with uh, – oh, I'm, with... I'm, I'm firmly in the over on this. Okay. I think I, we're about to some things from, from this offense. Mm-hmm. Um are going to blow us away. I think this offense is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really, really, really good. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think that Sean McVay finally has a guy that he thinks is good. Like, cause Sean McVay didn't pick Jared Goff. Remember this Jared Goff no. was here. When Sean McVay arrived. Sean McVay has now picked his guy. Uh, let's see how it goes, but I'm pretty excited about it. And I think this is going to be a great offense. And I think the defense, despite the fact that they've lost some people because situation they couldn't bring some guys back um if you have aaron donald on your defense and you also have jalen ramsey on your defense you can figure the rest out and they'll figure the rest out i don't know if this defense is going to be good but it's not going to kill them either yeah i think i think i'm going to go with you i'm going to agree with you and i'm going to take the over on the rams i think i think that man they're going to be scoring a lot of points this year this is a uh i think you're going to want to get the uh I think you're going to want to get yourself, if you're playing fantasy football this year, you're going to want to get yourself some some Los Angeles Rams on your roster this year because they're going to be just chucking the ball all over the field. And, and McVay is going to be doing his thing. And, and man, I like he's got to be – I mean, he did – he put up some insane numbers with Jared Goff who can barely throw a football as his quarterback. And now he's got uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, in his 14th year for sure. But 
Stafford to them. Yeah. Look at some of the history of some of the offenses that Matt Stafford has played in, and they have not been well-executed offenses. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a well-executed offense. I think this is going to be really good, and uh, I, I'm excited for him. I think that this team, like, this team is clearly an NFC contender. But yes. if, who, who's more likely to win the NFC than them? Tampa Bay, I guess, but that's it. Is there anyone else you'd say, oh, I like this team more to win the NFC than the Seattle uh, yeah, Seattle, the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, Green Bay, but we'll get to Green Bay in a minute because I have I some, about some, that. I think I have some trepidations. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah for sure I am on the yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the over so the official recommendation from the both of us is over the Los Angeles Rams ten games. Uh, yeah I just as a Matthew Stafford guy I obviously hope that everything goes well because I like for years we had to defend as Detroit fans we had to defend that man as a great quarterback which I believe he is. It's just he got stuck in Detroit, unfortunately, which is a terrible place to get stuck for football. And they had a couple of good years, but he wasn't able to win any. You know, I think they played about two or three playoff games. Wasn't able to get a win. Kind of got screwed in the Dallas game. But, um, yeah, just wasn't, wasn't able to get over the hump and, and get a get a playoff win. I want to see him play multiple playoff games this year and then hopefully get to a Super Bowl. That's that's what I want. But Yeah, I, 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 I think there's a, not, there's a not insignificant chance you'll get to see exactly that. Yeah, here's open. Uh, next up, the San Francisco 49ers. Ten wins on the 49ers. Minus 125 in the over, minus 105 on the under. Ten wins. Unusually high for a team that didn't win a lot of games last year. But if you'll remember, the San Francisco 49ers last year uh, ended up smack dab in the middle of the no-effing way season. Pretty much every player of significance on both sides of the football sustained major injuries and were out for significant periods of time in some cases whole seasons they added trey lance who has been lighting it up in the preseason although preseason tends to not mean a lot to me but uh, a lot of their guys are back they've got a dynamic young quarterback who i don't think they've announced if he's going to get the start over garoppolo yet there that's one of the starting jobs that we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Shanahan has not put that out. They got a good coach. They've got a good defense if everyone's healthy. And like I said, they've got a fairly decent offense when everybody's healthy. And uh, this is a team that contend. What say you on the San Francisco 49ers? 10 wins. Here's what I'll say about preseason uh, for quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think preseason can tell you who is good, Mm -hmm. but it can give you some insight into who is bad. And we have no reason to believe that Trey Lance is bad. Yeah, which is good. Do you yeah, ever see? Have you seen Will? I think it's Will Brinson. Who, who, all you can sorry. do is play. Well. All you can do is play well. That is, if you play well, doesn't mean you're going to be good in the regular season. But it means that you've checked off a box. What was? Yeah. Uh, what were you going to bring up about? Uh, oh, I, uh, I was going to say, you ever see Will Brinson? I think it's Will Brinson anyway. Uh, but he's constantly retweeting anytime one of these young quarterbacks, because all five of them have looked pretty damn good at various. Uh, uh, points in this preseason he keeps showing uh one of the headlines from 1998 that says uh oh it, it was say a uh, leaf out duels manning <laughs> which yeah. was which is a preseason you know a headline from a preseason game in 1998 i think so well, yeah you know so that, that like you know whose story i like by the way is ryan leaf like he was the guy who had, he fell on some hard times obviously he did some pretty messed up stuff 
but mm-hmm. he's kind of these guys like sort of really gotten his life back together. And I don't know if you saw, but um, he went to Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame ceremony, and the two of them took a picture together. And like you know, he's just a guy who is obviously in a much better place in life than he than he's been, and, that, and that's very clear. And I think that he's had some addictions issues that he's kicked mm-hmm. as well. So so good for him. He's, uh, he's that's good. He's some, yeah, yeah, no, he's someone. I didn't who, see uh, that he was at Man. I didn't see that he was yeah, at yeah. Manning's Hall of Fame celebration. I think Manning posted a picture of the two of them together and sort of talked about, hey, we kind of went through this journey together 22 years ago or whenever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than that now, it's 24 years ago. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was really cool. But yeah, he's just a some he's just a, a human being who's in a much 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 better space now than he was five, 10, 15 years ago for sure. Yeah. Um, this one, I, this was tough. I did not have I did not have one for San Francisco here. This is one of the ones I'm I'm I want to lean to the under. I think. I, I like I like the coach. Obviously, uh, I like Trey Lance. Uh, I wonder about some of the spots in the defense, mm-hmm. uh, the, the secondary and the, um, they, they've lost some guys. They've lost some guys in that defense over the years. So I, I just don't know if this is a team that it's, it was it exactly 10 or was it 10 and a half or 10 on the nose? Exactly 10. Yeah. I, I, I think about it a little bit exactly 10, but I still think I want the under, I think this is kind of a, this is going to be a nine and eight ish football team. I think there's going to be a, who's the starting quarterback question. All season, as long as Garoppolo is a starting quarterback, which as of right now he appears to be. We'll see what happens when the season starts. But um, I don't love it, but I'm taking the under. Is this the toughest division in? Is this going to be the toughest division in the in the league? Do you think? That's interesting. This season, if it's it's this or the AFC North. Yeah, I would I would take that for sure. Because I mean, the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks, I think, are going to have some battles. Yeah, I think it's this one. I think it's this one, though. Yeah. Because the North, I think that um, I think that we're going to see Pittsburgh fall off in a big way this year, but I think that the Baltimore-Cleveland race is going to be some pretty interesting television. Yeah, and I think that Arizona, like, uh, like obviously the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks all have Super Bowl aspirations. Um, so then the bottom team is the Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals are much better than the Bengals. So I think the NFC West is going to be the most uh, contended division for this year. Um, to me, the reason I'm going with the – Niners and the under is because Seattle's at nine and a half. And I think to me, I've got to sit here and say one of Seattle or in Tampa since, since or sorry, since San Francisco is at 10 and Seattle's at nine and a half, one of those teams is going over and one of those teams is going under in my mind. So it's which one of those teams do I like better? And I think I like the Seattle Seahawks a little bit better. Well, so I, to me, I it like comes down to, Russell Wilson's on one of these teams. Yeah, that's the kind of the difference, isn't that what, right? Isn't that the deciding factor here that one of these teams has Russell Wilson on, the other one doesn't? It is for me. Also, the Seattle Seahawks won this division last year. They quietly won this division, which people yeah. kind now, of forget, it was, right? It was, awkward, it was an awkward division win from the perspective of, you mm-hmm. know, they won three close games. They, they've continued to get, you know, lucky in those games. And part of that is having Wilson on the roster. But then they went into that, that playoff game where they – had the Rams at home and everyone kind of knew the Rams were going to win. And the Rams defense kind of went in there and kicked their asses. Like that was, oh, that was just suffocated showing. them. That was an ugly showing. So even though the, even though the, the Seahawks won the division, it kind of feels like the Rams did from the perspective of like, Oh yeah, the two teams played a playoff game and one kicked the crap out of the other one. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I'm going to go. So for, yeah, 
if we transition into the Seattle Seahawks right now, who are nine and a half win total, minus 130 for the over, plus 100 for the under, I am going with the over for them, so I'm paying a little bit of juice on the over. But I just, I like their roster. They've got probably the best quarterback in this league, although I'm hoping Matthew Stafford can, you know, change, or not quarterback in the league, sorry, quarterback in this division, and I'm hoping Matthew Stafford can uh, challenge for that a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'm going over on the Seattle Seahawks. I, I, I think that, that, you know, the defense is still there, and, you know, the, I mean, we're, we're here we are once again doing the old let Russ cook thing again. But, uh, yeah, here, yeah, here's hoping. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks over nine and a half wins. I want this the over on Seattle too. I just think mm-hmm. they're 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 better than the 49ers and I think they're clearly the, the 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 second best team in this division. So yeah, give me the over on Seattle for sure. All right, so we agree completely on the NFC West. As we head to the NFC North, let's see if we can find some uh, disagreeances here, which is not a word, but uh, I'm going to stick with it anyway. Um, so first up, NFC North, the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears 7 and a half minus 115 Bowen going both ways. Um, it looks like they, they had Justin Fields fall into their lap because of, uh, some, uh, <clears throat> some, some rumors and some hearsay involving, uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. Um, but, uh, here we are. It looks like they're going to start It looks like they're going to do the thing where they're going to feed Andy Dalton to the wolves for the first couple of games and then switch to Justin Fields. Uh, that would be my guess as to what they're going to do. If you look at the schedule, that that plays out. Yes. Because if you look at what's going on with the uh, the schedule for the Rams, uh, you'll I mean I shouldn't say the Rams, but I should say the the Chicago Bears. Uh, week one, the Bears are at, uh, that's why I said Rams. The Bears are at the Rams. Yeah. So if someone is going to be brutalized by Aaron Donald, you if you're a Bears fan, you probably want that to be Andy Dalton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sure. Especially after you saw Fields get annihilated in that preseason game, watching your your young quarterback's helmet go flying thirty yards off his head is not a good, uh, not a not a sight you want to see, right? No, not what you want. Week two for the Chicago Bears, they are playing the Bengals. Not nearly as intimidating, but then week three, all of a sudden, uh, Miles Garrett and friends come in, or they they have to go visit Miles Garrett and friends in Cleveland. Uh, I don't want Miles Garrett brutalizing Justin Fields either. Um, week four, it's the Lions. Well, maybe yeah. that's when, you know. Yeah, that's that's the game for sure. Justin yeah. Fields four touchdown passes or like three touchdown passes and runs for one for for is is happening against the uh, the Detroit Lions for sure. The, the the balance I suppose you're trying to weigh here, and it's not common, but this offensive line is is bad. It's it's not very good, and some of the good players on it are hurt and are going to be gone for a while. So there's there's that to start. Uh. But this offensive line, uh, like we've seen high pick quarterbacks, and the ultimate example is David Carr, go to teams with bad offensive lines, just get absolutely brutalized, and it wrecks their career. Now, I don't think that happens to Justin Fields from the perspective of he has far more escapability than than David Carr ever did. But there's got to be some concern there, right? You got to think to yourself, hey, do we want this guy to get brutalized behind this terrible line? And the answer to that should be no. I would. And yeah, and also, and this is the thing that they keep harping on is like, who who are the top three quarterbacks in the league right now? Um, would you say it would be Rodgers, 
Mahomes and Brady, right? Those are those are one, two, and three. I think Wilson is ahead of Brady. I think that if you gave Brady, if you, if, if Brady and Wilson switch teams, I think that the Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay still wins the Super Bowl. Fair, but like, I mean, for I mean, for the sake of my point, I'm going to say Brady, Rogers, and, and Mahomes. Oh, All three of those guys sat out a year, and even Russell Wilson wasn't supposed to be the starting uh, guy at a camp, right? He beat out Matt Flynn that one year. He just basically made it so they couldn't look their fans in the eye and say, "Oh yeah, we're going to be starting. Uh, we're going to be starting." <laughs> Because oh, Wilson played so well. Yeah, and it it, it just like it, there's and there's a cadre of evidence to suggest that sitting a little bit, even though you've spent a high draft pick on a young quarterback, having him sit for a little bit, sometimes as much as an entire season, tends to benefit these guys down the road. It just does. So yeah, but like with Mahomes, that team mm-hmm. won the season anyway and had Alex yeah. Smith. Back and they were fine. With Brady, Drew Brees was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. With Rod- no, no, I shouldn't say Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Bledsoe, excuse me. Drew Bledsoe, yeah. Uh, with Rodgers, Brett Favre was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is not Andy Dalton on his third team in three years, kind of towards the end of the career. You know what True. I mean? Like the, the other guys I've mentioned are in a, a bit of a, di- a different class. So we'll we'll see what happens. I just think that again. You met, Matt Nagy was one of the coaches most likely to be the first coach fired for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think that Matt Nagy's job security might wind up being what decides who should be playing quarterback at some point. That's true. That's a shaky, shaky prospect. Um, that said, Chicago don't you, seven. And... Don't you think that's possible though? With if, if Matt. Oh, Nagy, absolutely, I do. They start zero and three. Matt Nagy's gonna be like, oh man, I have to go to Fields now. I have mm-hmm. to. Oh yeah, Fields is starting, and I think it's going to be that Lions game for sure in Week Four when when he he's under center. Um, that said, I think I might be surprising some people with this one because I'm taking the Bears over. I can't do it. The offensive line nope. is too bad. Okay, I, I I I like the defense. I think Justin Fields is going to make some plays when he gets in there, and the schedule is soft for the Chicago yep. Bears, especially on the back half. I think I think the official recommendation for me will also be week two, I think, is going to be a good time to uh, get all over the Chicago Bears because I think a lot of their, like, um, a, a lot of their uh, – you know, season-long odds are going to be fairly high in, when they start 0-2. And, and then when they start 0-2, well, right? Start 0 and 2, though, because remember, they had, that, they had that nice little Houston game in between the Rams and... True. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, and, uh, oh, sorry, I should say uh, Bengals game, excuse me. Um, so they probably should beat the Bengals in Week 2. If they don't mm-hmm. do that, things are getting really bad. But they probably... That'd be... Yeah, if, oh, if they lose that game to the Bengals, it's going to be so good to jump on the Bears at that point. That's actually something we should root for, is that the Bengals upset the Bears in Week 2, and they, they start 0-2. And then, uh, then, then, we, then we can start hammering the Bears. As of right now, the Bears are touchdown underdogs on Sunday Night Football against uh, against the Rams in Week 1. Yeah. I, that makes sense. Um, so I, I'm, I'm chalking a few people here. I'm, I'm taking the over. I think they're going to be able to squeeze enough out of this roster that they can get to eight wins with the soft schedule and whatnot. So like they don't even have to hit 500. They just have to go eight and nine for this bet too, <laughs> for this bet to, to cash. But yeah, I'm taking the over seven and a half. Uh, what say you? I'm going to take the under. Okay, our first disagreement. I'm that that oh. field's just going to be even when Fields gets in there, then he's just going to be dealing with pass. All right. I don't think we're going to disagree on this next team, though. The Detroit Lions. My 
allegedly beloved Detroit Lions. Five wins, the second lowest win total posted on the board. Plus 125 on the over, minus 155 on the under. Uh, Pay that juice, ladies and gentlemen. Under, 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 under. And also look at some of the records for... Um, if you can find some nice long odds on the Detroit Lions to have the worst record of the season, there's going to be a couple teams. It's it's going to be them, the Jets, and I think the Houston Texans vying for that record. But uh, the Detroit Lions are, are no slouch in the finishing with the worst record uh, this year. This is a – oh, boy. This is one of the worst – As a, and I know something about bad rosters. This is one of the worst Lions rosters I've ever seen. This uh, this Lions roster um, on paper, honestly, might be worse than the, the 0-16 roster back in 08, which was actually surprisingly a decent team. They never should have gone oh, – that team never should have gone 0-16. They were just so wildly incompetent that they managed to pull it off. But, like, Jared Goff is under center. DeAndre Swift is already hurt. They don't have a single receiver whose name I know – uh, the, the, the defense is, is suspect. I mean, their, their best receiver is, is easily TJ Hawkinson, right? They're, they're, they're tight end. Um, they brought in Penny Sewell, moved him to right tackle, and he's been lo- just looked flat out awful in preseason. I don't understand them moving him to right tackle. I just do not understand that in any way, shape or form. Me neither. I don't get it. This, I, I don't get it either. This, this, uh, this, coaching staff this dan campbell to me is a just a that that man is a fucking goober he's an absolute goober this is going to be like the 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 press conferences the nonsense this is all going to be this is we're going to look back at this dan campbell area when he's fired in a couple of years and they're making their third top four pick in in a row and we're just it's going to be a it's going to be an embarrassment like for for a franchise that has seen pretty much exclusively embarrassments. This is, is going to be another bad one. I I don't get it whatsoever. Like the the only thing I could hope hope to get out of this season is, like like the best things that can come out of this season is Jeff Okuda looks better in his second year and Penesuel doesn't look like a insane bust, but they've moved him to right tackle and he's been terrible so far. I don't know why they've done that. Now that said, like the argument's gonna be like, well, we have Taylor Decker at left tackle and he's fine. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I just I do not give a shit. Like yeah. Penny Sewell's left tackle. And five years from now, if Penny Sewell's not playing left tackle, something's gone terribly wrong. Absolutely. So it's just so stupid. left tackle now. I just I don't understand it. I do not understand it. No. And man, he's such a monster too. Like six five, three thirty. It's like, come on, what are you doing? Uh hopefully they come around on that, but I think they've hired the wrong guy and and they're they're yeah. they're bad. Nope. Wild under. Lock under. Lock under. Because yeah. here's the other thing that people like uh, people know it, but like Penny Sewell didn't play the last year at Oregon because he I had he, you did one of the COVID opt outs, which is fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But this is a guy who was one of the youngest players in the draft. Hasn't played a ton of football relative to other guys that were in that draft. He's twenty. Why yeah, why you're making him switch positions when he gets to the NFL? Like it's hard enough as it is. Playing in the NFL is really hard, and you're asking him to play a position he's never played before. Like why? I don't get it. Stupid. Because they're stupid. Because they're because it's an incompetent franchise run by incompetent people. That's that's no, why they do it. Right. That's that's the simplest explanation. It's accurate. Yeah, that's it. Uh, wild under. Do you have anything to say? Even even a case to make for the over? Nope. Nope. I yeah. think Goff. Right. You know, that's actually one thing I will say. 
is yeah. I think that they if, if, if there's a chance that Goff plays decently enough that they can restructure his deal and eat some of the money and trade him for something this summer, this uh, this this spring. I think yeah, there's that, a non-zero. Happening. That'd be ideal. I think he's I think he's hurt by week three. <laughs> I think I think I think he's that hurt by week three. Team. That is definitely yeah. on the table. That's what I think. Um, well, next up, the Green Bay Packers. This is the final team in the NFC that I have no idea what to do with. Let me give you their numbers. The Green Bay Packers, nine wins, minus 115 going both ways. Uh, we're in the NFC Championship game last year. Lost a weird one to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, there was a field goal that probably should not have been kicked in the late part of that, late stages of that game. You don't think so wrong when it becomes a joke on Jeopardy as far yeah. as what you did. But, yeah. I, Things went back. I just want to ask you this question. We're two, like, and, and I'll put this on Front Street, we're two white dudes in our 30s on a, on a football podcast right now. But I, I, I have to ask the question. If, if Lamar Jackson or someone of Lamar Jackson's similar ilk behaved the way that Aaron Rodgers behaved this offseason... Um, would the discord be any different, Craig? It would be, but that would be unfair because I'm completely fine with what Aaron Rodgers did, and I'd be fine with Lamar Jackson doing the same thing in the same situation. Are now, you Lamar sure? Jackson, yes, well, Lamar Jackson would have to be 37 for me to feel this way, to be clear. Fair. But I would... Yeah, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking some leaps there. I'm just I'm I'm just asking a question. If a if a black quarterback acted the behaved the way Aaron Rodgers played and held the team hostage and did what he did and kind of fucked up the offseason of both uh, the Green Bay Packers and your Denver Broncos because all those rumors started that he was going to be on the Denver Broncos next year next year and I think he'll be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos in 2022. But that's another uh, that that's that, that's a podcast for this time next year. Um. I just, I, 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 there, there was a lot of, we got a phrase in this podcast, selfish football. There was a lot of selfish nonsense from Aaron Rodgers this offseason, I thought. Because he came in, well, he basically, well, here's the first thing I would say. The Packers are a community-owned team. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the very same situation with the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> goes into the owner's office, whoever the, whoever the figurehead general manager is. Goes mm-hmm. into the owner's office. Oh yeah, Jerry, our uh, our MVP quarterback. Uh, well, he doesn't. He's he's pretty pissed off at me because I did some things that uh, that he didn't like, and he's he's fair. You know, he, his thoughts on those things are fair. Anyways, he's saying that he's never going to play for the team again so long as I'm the general manager. Like, doesn't Jerry Jones just do the? Well, you're fired, Shooter McGavin thing. Like, isn't that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair for sure. And like, if, you know, so if like the same thing happens, you know, in Washington, doesn't Daniel Snyder? Oh, you're fired. Like, it's like, not that the Washington football team ever have a, an elite quarterback, but the point stands. Um, yeah. Okay, you're fired. Whereas this is a community-owned team, so there's a board. It's a whole different. It's a whole different atmosphere than the other franchises. Um, look, the following things happen that Aaron Rodgers is pissed off about, and I feel as though it's okay for him to be pissed off. One, in his 36-year-old season, so we're, they, they looked like they had a pretty good football team. Uh, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. Aaron wanted help. He thought that they could have used a receiver. You look at his receiving court, is he wrong? Uh, yeah, with Devontae no. Adams, other than Devontae Adams, yeah. And then they brought in his boy Randall Cobb, who's you know in his 12th season. So. Yeah. 
they, they brought in Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' friend just to, like, you know, smooth things over. But, like, let's be honest here. That's not going to move the needle. Uh, but the point is that he was pissed off that that first-round pick was not used to help him. During Aaron Rodgers' time as a member of the Green Bay Packers, they have used zero first-round picks and wide receivers. Haven't done mm-hmm. it. So I guess the, the obviously the thought process is, oh, yeah, Aaron will just create good receivers. And to his credit, he has done that. He has absolutely done that over the past decade and a bit as a starting quarterback at the Green Bay Packers. But he was ticked off about that. He was picked, ticked off about the Jake Kumaro situation, where he talks about how he thinks Jake Kumaro's been the second best receiver in camp. He's going on and on in the media about how much he likes Jake Kumaro. Jake Kumaro gets cut the day after Aaron Rodgers does that. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' point, like, hey, like, if you guys are deciding which receivers you do and don't want to keep, like, shouldn't I get a phone call here? Like, and, and he said it at the news conference when he sort of had the airing of the grievances. He's not saying I, he's not saying I should be able to make all the decisions. What he's saying is, shouldn't I be consulted on some of these? Which I think is a reasonable opinion for him to have. Um, so uh, I, I just think that it you've got Brian Guntekust here who has basically been, de- like, I don't know if deliberately is the word, but he keeps on doing things that piss off this guy. And Aaron Rodgers at one point just said, you know what, forget it. Like, I'll go someplace else. You can trade me. The Packers decided they didn't want to do that. So Aaron, on the first day of camp, shows up and says, all right, I'm here, but we're, stru- we're restructuring my deal, and we'll see what happens next year. So now if Aaron wants to leave at the end of the year, he is gone. Um, but, like, I just, I, I, I understand why he was so ticked off at management. I understand why they would be, why he would say, hey, you know, this is, um, th- 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 these are some of my last few years here. Shouldn't we be trying to maximize this? And that's not as to say completely and totally punt the future, but did we need to use a first round pick on a guy who, if things are going properly, is not going to be on the field for at least two, maybe three years? Like, I just, I, I get why he was ticked off. So I guess the question you have to ask yourself on this Green Bay 9 is how which Aaron Rodgers yeah which Aaron Rodgers are we getting and how much of what he's done this offseason has affected the team like are, like are they going to be willing now Aaron Rodgers and um, mark my words on this one Aaron Rodgers this will be his last season as a member of the Green Bay Packers uh, that's a dead giveaway I mean that's not exactly I'm, I'm not exactly going out of a giant limb based on the way that he, his deal is currently structured I'm very of that I would I, I, I yeah I would like Rodgers to be playing for a different team next season yeah the Denver Broncos are good it's gonna be a very juicy <laughs> off looking off season spot for for that particular man um but yeah so do we get pissed off? I'm going to give you a little preview of what you're going to be getting and what you're going to be missing next year, Aaron Rodgers, or do we get lackadaisical, kind of disinterested, hangdog-looking face, just kind of going through the motions, Aaron Rodgers, and then that ends up affecting the rest of the football team, kind of, and then they, they kind of lazy their way to like a 7-10 and 10 season or something like that. Pissed off, I'm going to prove Brian Guntekus wrong, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, which is why I have tentatively written down Green Bay over. Because quite frankly, I'm not that lucky that Green Bay just kind of has the season from hell. I think Aaron Rodgers is is going to put up numbers again. He was a freaking MVP last year, for God's sake. Even though they had a weird offseason, this division is kind of weak. They've got a decent schedule. I'm going Packers over the nine wins, even though I kind of don't like it. What say you? I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how do I feel about them as a Super Bowl team. But um, 
I feel the same way that uh, they'll certainly they'll certainly get the double digit wins. All right. Uh, last team in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings, eight and a half wins, minus one sixty on the over. Heavy juice on the over, plus one thirty. Um, despite the heavy juice, despite the Kirk Cousins just constantly stepping in it as an anti-vaxxer nonsense type person. And Mike Zimmer like going on national television repeatedly and saying, yeah. man, we back like basically calling Kirk Cousins an idiot. For, uh, yeah. that part. yeah, there's that that part. Despite all that, I am I am still on the Minnesota Vikings uh, eight and a half over. I, I think this is going to be a very good team. They're they're going to get a couple of soft matchups against Detroit. They're going to they get a couple freebies against Detroit. They get a couple of softer matchups against the Bears. Uh, the schedule's not that bad. Um, if uh, the uh, like, I I think that if Minnesota Vikings don't hit this eight and a half, I think that COVID is directly responsible for the Minnesota Vikings not covering the eight and a half. That's what I'll say. I agree with you entirely. Um, I think that um, this this team is 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 an better is a nine win or better football team. I understand that they, they lost Gary Kubiak, but they've got a son coming into BOC. So it's not going to be a completely different offense at all. It'll be very similar. Uh, I've got some concerns about the offensive line. Christian Dershaw, who is their first round pick. I thought he was going to solidify things, but he's got a core muscle situation that's been bugging him. Uh, so they, they're hoping that he can play in the first week against the Bengals, but we don't know. Uh, either way, uh, I, I like that addition to the team. That's not going to be a big thing. Here's what I do like about the team. Uh, is there an NFL team that if you're just putting their top two receivers, who has the best top two receivers in the NFL, is there a team that you like better than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen? No, absolutely not. Maybe, maybe Tampa Bay, like with Godwin and Evans, but yeah. I still I still think yeah, I take yeah. them. I still think I take the Minnesota guys, but and so I, I guess you have to add in Tennessee now that Julio Jones and AJ Brown are the the receivers. No, but still Minnesota for I me. Think, I think just I think Justin Jefferson's the best receiver we've mentioned in any of these groups. Uh, is mm. something I will say. Um, yeah, I think that they've got great receivers. Obviously, the defense is going to be better. It's not going to get worse. They got Michael Pierce coming back in the middle. I think that's going to really help. Uh, I'm worried a little bit about the pass rush, and they clearly they are too because they went out and signed Everson Griffin, who I want to talk about in a minute. Uh, you bring in Patrick Peterson to play corner. I think that's a fun little addition for them. Usually they've depended on young guys to play that spot in the Mike Zimmer era, but now they've gone out and signed Patrick Peterson. They've signed Brashad Breland, so they should be solid there. I like Cam Dantzler, who uh, had some good moments for them. wasn't great the whole year, but I like Cam Dantzler, the third-round pick. Um, I think that this is... Um, this is a defense that has a chance to be pretty good. And then you look at the the linebacking core. You got Barr, you got Kendricks. Like that's they're they're okay. So I think this defense should be good. I think this offense should be fine. I think there's a bit of a ceiling cap because you know sometimes there just is with Cousins and the mistakes he makes. But this is uh, this is a, a football team that I think will be the second best team in the NFC North, and I don't think they will win nine or more games for this bet to pay. So give me the over, even though there is kind of a bad vibe surrounding the team right now. Yeah, uh, way over for me with the with the eight and a half. And you mentioned the uh, the defense; all those names are fantastic. But also the system wise, this is their second year installing a, a new younger system uh, that uh, Zimmer's been coming up with. And this time they've actually had a chance to practice said system because again last year yeah. they did not. 
Um, the defense significantly improved after around week eight, week nine, once they got used to the system a little bit. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't have a freaking offseason last year to install that new system properly. So it took a lot of time for guys to get up to speed for it. And when they did, they started playing a little bit better. And also they lost a bunch of dumb close games um, that you hope that, you know, swing kind of swing. Some of those swing back the other way this year. So to me, Minnesota was, was one of the easier uh, overs for me at uh, eight and a half. Uh, and before we move on to the absolutely left. one, uh, the fact that they've signed Everson Griffin shows you they are concerned about the pass rush, which I understand why they would be. So that yep. to me, if something's going to get this team back, that will be the thing that does it. Two, uh, there was a big deal about Everson Griffin uh, sending out some tweets uh, in between his times with the Vikings, where he said that um, it wasn't Mike Zimmer who wanted Kirk Cousins. He was defending Mike Zimmer for some criticism in this situation. Um, so that's a little bit awkward. Uh, that shows you a couple of things. Uh, one is something that we already knew, which is guys who play for Mike Zimmer, especially on defense, love Mike Zimmer. Like they will walk, they will go through a wall for that guy. We saw it with the defensive players in Cincinnati. We've seen it in Minnesota. We saw Anthony Barr turn to, like he was about to sign on the dotted line with the Jets. He's like, no, I don't want to play for a non-Mike Zimmer coach. Forget it. Gets on a plane, flies back to Minnesota, signs for less money. Uh, Mike Zimmer is a beloved coach in that locker room. There's no question about that. Uh, I'm not sure how beloved Kirk Cousins is in that locker room is the reason why I say this. Uh, because of all the crazy crap going on with the anti-vax stuff and all this stuff, I, 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 do, I do wonder about it. So that, to me, is what would hold this team back. Is, is, is that bat shittery? We'll see whether it's a thing that causes the problem or not. All right. Uh, so that's it for the NFC North. We were uh, disagreeing on uh, a couple of those, which is nice. Nice to see some disagreement. But let's head to the NFC South, where I think we'll find. I think we'll find some a couple of different ones here. Chicago was the only one we disagreed on, but yeah. Yeah, it's true. So Chicago is the only one we've disagreed on so far. Other than that, we've aligned. I'll bet we find a couple here in the NFC yeah. South because I'm I'm going to go a little bit wild. We disagreed on Dallas too, but yeah. Right. Okay. Two. So two. We got. Um. You wanted the Dallas over. I did. Okay, I think I wrote you as having the under, so I will scratch that out, and I will go over. All right, so yeah, I want the Dallas. So Dallas and Chicago so far are the only ones we haven't disagreed on, or we disagreed on. But again, like I said, I'll bet we find a couple in the NFC South, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in hot right here. Uh, and speaking of hot, it is Hotlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, who come in at 7.5, minus 105 on the over, minus 125 on the under, I'm taking the little bit of, the, of coin flip juice here, and I'm taking the Falcons over, Craig. I know that's going to surprise a few people, but I just think that they're going to score some points. The division is tough, I know, but the other outside of their division, they got a pretty nice schedule. Uh, Matt Ryan's good. New coach, who I like this new coach that they've got, Arthur Smith here. And um, I know they lost Julio Jones, but I, I don't think they're going to miss a beat anyway because I think they've already got the I, I think they've already got the replacements. Calvin Ridley's great. I really like Russell Gage. I think the defense Let's will talk be about Pitt, man. Yeah, Kyle Pitts obviously is is, is coming in too. He's he's that's that's a Kyle Pitts. I have never watched a player at Florida. I've watched Florida football for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have never watched a player at Florida where I have been more absolutely dead nuts certain that that guy would be an NFL superstar than Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's good to hear. So yeah, they're, 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 the offense is going to be good, and the defense, which was incredibly atrocious last year, cannot be worse than they were last year. Maybe they'll be the same. I don't know. I tend to think that they'll improve 
just a little bit. And also, this team lost a incredible amount of stupid games last year due to bad coaching. So I, I think that uh, they will get. I'm, I'm taking the Falcons over. Do I think that they'll they'll win double digit games? No, but do I think they'll be right around 500? Yes, which is good enough for me to cover the seven and a half. I'm taking the Falcons over. What say you, Craig? I agree. I, I agree. I think the offensive score points. I'm a little concerned about the defense because mm-hmm. I just don't know why it's going to be any better than it has been. Uh, but here's uh, here's what I'll say about the, the Falcons bet that I like the most. What we've seen in the preseason is we're not quite sure that Justin Fields is going to start. And even if we are, there's some questions about that team. Uh, mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars offense has just looked putrid. Yeah. And they did announce that they did announce earlier today that they are starting Trevor Lawrence, which comes as no yeah. surprise, but. Uh, that's look putrid. Uh, we're not so sure about what the Niners are doing. And even if they, things go well, you know, we're not sure about Trey Lance's accuracy. Uh, Kyle Pitts is plus 900 to win rookie of the year. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, like, is that not a, like, if it's not one of the quarterbacks, isn't it going to be him? I will ask this. Has a tight end ever in the history won rookie of the year? The answer is, I believe, no. But a tight end's also never been drafted in the top five. That's true. That's true. It's uh, He's already setting records, right? Yep. Uh, just something to think about. Plus 900, Kyle Pitts, Rookie of the Year. Uh, yeah, I no, like a tight end has table. never won Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, maybe this is, if, if it was ever going to happen, this is probably the year, right? If a tight end is going to accomplish it, wouldn't it be the guy who was taken fourth overall that just looked like an absolute megastar in college in the SEC. And Matt Ryan knows a little something about throwing to really good tight ends. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, you know. yeah. So he's a tight end that comes in to allow to like a team that drafts very high, but has a good NFL quarterback though. That, that rarely happens. So if, if it's going to like, if it's going to happen, now's the time. Uh, that being said, I like the Falcons over, which is what we're supposed to be talking about here. So yeah, give me uh, give me uh, the over on Atlanta definitely. Yeah, well, I'm surprised. I thought we might disagree on that one, but we both love the Atlanta Falcons. Glad to hear it. Okay, um, next up, the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers come in at seven and a half plus one hundred on the over, minus one thirty on the under. Um, I'm paying the juice. I want the Panthers under. Um, I I just I I had a I, I, they were one of the teams that I had a long shot ticket on, much like I did with the uh, Washington football team uh, back in February, where I thought that this team would get an upgrade at the quarterback position. And if they were to get set a major upgrade at the quarterback position, then they might start making some noise. Unfortunately, they responded by trading for Sam Darnold, who... I think we're going to find out halfway through this season that was not good. Now, the argument for Sam Darnold is how much did Adam Gase have to do with the destruction of this man's career? But I just think a significant amount. I I think he played a part. I just think horses out of the barn. Then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, yeah, the horse might be out of the barn because he threw interceptions in college, right? Like, and if you throw interceptions in college, that's not going to go away in the NFL. And it certainly hasn't. Now, has he been, has he, was he given no shot to succeed at the NFL level because of the coach he was saddled with? Probably. But, uh, 
I don't know. I just I, I they got a lot of money invested in Christian McCaffrey, who lost missed a significant amount of 2020 season and didn't exactly look like they needed him while the games were going on. I don't know. I I, I thought it was. I thought they were fine without him, which you know made me think, ooh, maybe that wasn't a great contract to sign Christian McCaffrey to. Um, defense is 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 okay. It's okay. Offense is okay. Just everything about this team says okay. I'm on, I'm on the under though on Carolina. I think I think it's going to be a rough season for them, and I don't trust Sam Darnold. What say you? I feel the same way. Uh, I don't wow! Trust- I thought you might go over. Ugh. All right, no, I don't trust Sam Darnold either. Uh, I there. There's a lot of questions I've got about the line play. Um, I shouldn't say a lot. It's, uh, some. Uh, and I also wonder, I think the defense is going to be bad. Yeah. Like, you know, like I just I just think that there's a lot of holes. Like, the secondary is going to be not very good. No. Like, on paper, they top out at okay, right? Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, that's our ceiling. Yeah. So, I just don't know if the secondary is good. I have a lot of questions about a couple other parts of the team. So yeah, no, I uh, I want the under. I think they finish. I think they might finish fourth in this division. Yeah, I, I I have them as I have them as fourth. That's that's me for sure. Um, a team I know. I feel like we're going to be on the opposite ends of this one for sure. The New Orleans Saints, who are in, they, they've got probably the the biggest quarterback quandary quandary of uh, the offseason here as to what they're going to do. Quarterback quandary. I think that uh, Sean Payton knows full well it's going to be Winston. Yeah, but I also think they gave Taysom Hill a significant amount of money. And uh, Sean Payton, to, the question to me is does, is, does he have enough of an ego to suggest that uh, he might be like, I'll show you guys that Taysom Hill can be a quarterback. But uh, I don't know. They, we got like three weeks of him last year, and it certainly didn't look like he could. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, 9.5, minus 105 on the over, minus 125 on the under. You're paying a little bit of juice on the under. And I'm paying that juice because I'm going under 9.5 wins. I don't think the New Orleans Saints get to double-digit victories this season uh i think the defense is suspect the offense is on paper should be good but i don't know what we're going to get out of Jameis winston um i'm i'm with you in the in the thought process of i do think um under center will be um mr 30 for 30 himself Jameis winston but uh i'm i'm not convinced that just heading to uh new orleans and being with a a in a in a better I mean, Tampa Bay won. <laughs> I mean, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl the second they got rid of Jameis Winston, and yeah. they upgraded him to the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes, they, but it, they found a pretty good dude to replace him. But yeah, to replace him, there's also the caveat. You know, there's also that weird asterisk of Tom Brady was 43 when he did that, yeah. right? So it's it's all weird. But like, I, I I'm 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 under on the New Orleans Saints. Under on the nine and a half. Don't think they get to double digits of wins. I think that's asking this team I, a lot. I, I like the over. I think that Jameis Winston okay. will will do week one as a quarterback. Uh, from the offensive perspective, I just believe in Sean Payton. We have seen Sean Payton put together effective offenses with not true Breeze quarterbacks before. Be it Teddy Bridgewater is the, 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 the most recent example. So we've seen that happen before. Further to this, you said the defense is like the defense has some 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 trouble spots. I don't disagree, but I think Marcus Davenport's a star. I think yes, still- for sure. Cameron Horton's obviously on the down slope, but uh, he's still really, really nice pass rusher. 
Uh, they've got some good guys at linebacker. Demario Davis, nice player. Quan Alexander, you bring him back. He's a nice player. Uh, I think they're going to be okay there. And then the secondary, you know, they've, they've still got Shauncey Gardner-Johnson out there. He's, he's a pretty good player too. Um, so I think that they're going to be fine on defense. I think that Sean Payton himself brings a level up on offense. Plus, here's the other thing you, 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 like, you have to like about the offense. And I know the skill guys outside of Alvin Kamara are lacking because we have no idea what Michael Thomas is going to do this year. But when it comes to the offense, I'll read the following. Teron Armstead, Andres Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, Ryan Ramchek. Is there a team that can do better than that with those five spots? I don't think so. Yeah. Man, so it might be the last uh, team we talk about, but yeah, I see what you're saying. They're pretty good too. Pretty good too. Uh, but you have Sean Payton's offensive brain and you have those five linemen. The offense will be good. The question is how much further ahead than good can it get? And we'll see. But then, yeah. this will be a top 10 offense because of that line because of Sean Payton's brain. That is something yeah. else. It'll be a top that, 10 offense. That is the thing that worries me. Like, obviously, I'm going the under, but if by week four, uh, Jameis Winston has, like, 12 touchdowns and one interception, I'm going to be like, oop. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? like can, can, Sean, can Sean Payton fix Jameis Winston? And I don't, like, the answer is maybe. Mm. He's looks like again preseason, preseason, but things are looking real good, real good mm-hmm. for him. All right, so that's our third disagree uh, agreeing to NFC team. Um, I'm going to go under on the New Orleans Saints. You're going to go over, um, which brings us to our last team of the podcast, the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now it is a damn rare sight um, when you see a Super Bowl team basically managed to bring pretty much everybody of significance back for the next year. <laughs> Craig, we, you, you don't see that too often. They lost pretty much nobody off of the Super Bowl winning roster from last year. We all thought that they were going to lose one of those receivers for sure. Uh, they did not, although Godwin's on the one-year uh, franchise tag, if I if I remember correctly. But, I mean, everybody's back. They're going. They're, they're looking to go back-to-back. 11.5 is their win total, minus 130 on the over, plus 100 on the under. And I'm here to tell you, I love the plus 100 on the under. On the under. So do love I. Um, oh, I, I'm, not, I think they're... As I say all this, I think this team might win the Super Bowl, even though I'm about to say what I'm about to say. Yes. Can I, can I venture a guess as to what you're about to say? Please. Uh, um, I think now I think you'll go into a tremendous amount of, of, of uh, great detail on this, but I think the gist of it will be um, this team might sandbag a little in the regular season because Tom Brady is 44 years old and will need to put a lot in the tank for the playoffs. That is part of it. But here's the okay. thing that, that, that really jumped out to me mm-hmm. is with the exception of Vita Vea, and Ali Marpet going in and out of the lineup. Not even a significant injury, just in and out of the lineup. This team was remarkably healthy this past season. Yes, that's a very good point. I'm not saying it can't happen again. I just don't know if it'll happen again twice. And look, they've got some depth at some of the important spots. I, I, I really believe that. But it was a very, very healthy football team. And I'm just not sure that um, they're going to be able to repeat that level of health is something that I would be concerned about. Uh, not that this is a, a breaking news thing, but 
if, if you have to replace Tom Brady with Blaine Gabbert for a while, that might not go well. Uh, you know, I, I realize <laughs> that's the case for most NFL teams, and if our starting quarterback is hurt, we're going to have a problem. But, you know, uh, like Marpet was in out of the lineup last year, and they, they were okay during that. But remember, their swoon last year was when Marpet was hurt, and they were having all sorts of pressure come up the middle. So I wonder if they're going to be as healthy this time around as they have been previously. I'm not saying they won't be, but that will be my concern about this particular team. I, I just think asking for 12 wins from the defending Super Bowl champions is asking a lot. I know we, we, we just it, – it's tough, man. Winning a Super Bowl takes a lot out of you. It's a really hard league to win in. Yeah. Going 12-5 and five is really difficult. You need a lot of things to go your way. I don't care how good your roster is. A lot of stuff has to go your way for your team to win two-thirds of its football games, which is essentially what's going on when you're 12-5. and five. So, yeah, I uh, I understand why you take the over uh, the under rather, and I'm going to take the under too. All right. I thought, I'm glad. All right, so we only disagree on New Orleans. That's crazy. I thought we might get a couple. I thought I, I, I for sure thought uh, you might go under on Atlanta, but I'm glad to see you're on my side with the over. Uh, I, I like Smith and I like Matt Ryan. I believe in both. Yeah, this this is a this is a this Bucks team. I mean, they are still going to probably win at least ten games. I don't asking them to get to 12, 13, I think is asking a lot. They're going to be good. They also lost, like like you said, they're very healthy. They also last year in the regular season they did lose some stupid games. One of the most meme things last year was Tom Brady forgetting the number of downs he had left against new Orleans and they like, and he was standing there holding up the four thinking, Oh, it's fourth down now. Right. And no, you just had fourth down there, Mr. Brady. No, Chicago. They remember they lost. Oh, that's game. right. Yeah. That was they, the Thursday night game against Chicago. Yeah. They lost that awkward game against the Rams and they got the absolute crap kicked out of them by the saints. Both times. Yeah. Both times. The week one game, they were at least competitive, but the, I forget which I want to say it was week 10, but they, when they played the saints, like it was, ugly ugly oh. that football game part of it yeah. was that pass rush up the middle thing i was talking about with marpet but uh yeah that was uh not what you want not remotely mm. what you want no bad all right so the big three for us are going to be dallas like the big three for us to keep an eye on will be dallas new orleans and what was the third team that we had Chicago, yeah. So Dallas, Chicago, and uh, New Orleans. Those are going to be the three that we'll keep uh, keep an eye on throughout the year to see which one of us was right on that one. Uh, let's do our division winner predictions, and then we'll get out of here for the NFC uh, podcast. Craig, who wins the NFC East? Uh, we're going to disagree on this one. I'm going to say the Cowboys just because I'm a glutton for punishment. Fair enough. I'm going to go with the Washington football team. NFC West? Rams. I'm going to say Seahawks, but I think it's damn close. Um, what about the North? Packers. Me too. Green Bay Packers are great. Uh, NFC South. Still Tampa Bay, even though I, okay. uh, I like New Orleans, but I still I still think Tampa Bay is uh, is the best yeah. team. Yeah, I'm gonna say Tampa. I'm gonna say Tampa as well. Uh, obviously because I have the Saints under. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the Saints under, but I have the Bucks under. But the Bucks are two games uh, under uh, New Orleans. So yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to say Bucks uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, that's it for uh, the NFC Win Totals 2021 podcast. Crossover podcast available at crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please check us out on any of those uh, pod catchers that we have out there. Please leave us a review on any of them, five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Uh, that'll be it for this week. Craig and I will be back 
talking next week doing our AFC preview. So we got another you gotta wait another week before you hear us talk about the uh, the AFC teams. Um yeah, that is it. I mean maybe we'll do another podcast this week because I still gotta talk about the Suicide Squad with the guys. We tried to do that last week, but we just couldn't it's tough. It's tough to, to get the schedules in these days. There's a lot of stuff going on at the end of the summers. People are doing stuff, and we're actually allowed to get outside and do stuff again. So people are damn sure taking advantage of that before we hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, don't get locked up again back in the fall. Um, but uh, that is a sadly depressing way to end this podcast, uh, which was a fun-as-hell podcast. Craig, it is always great doing this with you. Can't wait till next week when we will be back doing our AFC Win Totals podcast. Uh, take care. And we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast.